Um, I'm going to do something. Uh, we Pastor Tim often gets up here and he he does um, you know kind of a, an open prayer request time. And I'm going to do something a little bit different. Um, we have we have something different today in that uh, Pastor Tim is gone. Uh, he and his family are taking a little vacation, a little R and R, which is great. He needs to do that. And so we have Jameson, Jameson Haley Reichert are here this morning, and uh, Jameson is going to be one of our new uh, missionaries at the church, uh, which I'm super excited about. Uh, Haley grew up in this church. Uh, I remember, I could have so many stories about Haley. (laughs) Doing overnights, Haley was really hard to wake up in the morning. So we did like a sleepover at our house with all the kids, all the youth, and Haley was like always the last one. I'm just kidding. I won't go into all the things that I have on you. Because that wouldn't be very nice. But, you know, what's really cool is to see, is to see kids that come up through this church that, I, that you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to work with. And then to watch them go and stand out and say, I want to go serve the Lord. And they're going to do it in full-time ministry and going. And uh, they're going to try to work at playing a church in the Cache Valley. And so he's going to come and he's going to uh, preach the word for us today. Um, and so I'm excited about hearing uh, what the Lord has laid on Jameson's heart, and uh, to see where the Lord takes um, takes them. But Pastor Tim is gone today, and so we're going to do things just a little bit different. As we go into our prayer time, and, and I'm going to pray for the offering here in just a second, I want to dedicate our prayer time together to Awana, because we've got a lot of kids that are going to be streaming into this building this week, and I really want to dedicate our prayer time to them focusing on the little hearts and the minds that are coming, as well as for the leaders that are going to be coming and uh, hopefully sharing the truth of God's word, the gospel with them. So would you bow with me in a word of prayer? And after that, we will be taking our morning offering. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God who hears us. You are a God who responds to us. Lord, you are fully sovereign. You are involved in all the affairs of of our lives, and and many times we don't see it, many times we don't recognize it, but Lord, you are. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that even right now you are hearing our prayers and our petitions. Lord, you know the various prayer requests in this fellowship. There are a lot of them. Um, There are a lot of people that are hurting and struggling. Um, Lord, as as I thought of this one little boy who just had brain surgery this week, and Lord, there, are, there is a lot that is going on. Um, Heavenly Father, we want to take this time, though, and we, we pray specifically, Lord, for the Awana Club. Lord, I pray for uh, this, new, this new season, this new year of Awana. Lord, we, we pray, Lord, that all the finances, all the energy that is poured into this Thursday night, Lord, that you would bring fruit from it. Lord, that hearts and lives would be changed, that that the gospel would go forth and that, Lord, that you would prepare the hearts and the minds of these young ones to receive the gospel. Lord, that the workers would have energy. Lord, it takes a lot of energy to do this every Thursday night. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that there would be an energy and not only an energy, but an excitement, Lord, an excitement to prepare the future of future generations who will lead the church and who will continue to carry the torch well after we're gone to continue to carry the torch of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power to change lives. Lord, we give that to you. We give that Thursday night to you. 
On the same token, Lord, we give Wednesday night's movie to you. Lord, we ask you that you would use it in the hearts and the lives of people who may struggle. Lord, that we would be a church that is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Lord, that is what you tell us to do in your word. Lord, may we do it. May we do it well. For Pastor Tim, Lord, and his family, Lord, I pray that they just have a blessed time together. Lord, that they would get some rest. Um, Lord, what a blessing it is to have uh, Tim and Amy to, to come and to be here for such a long time, leading this church, being so effective. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love, for your care. I pray for Jameson, Lord, as well, that as he comes and preaches the word, that our hearts and our ears would be open to that. And as we take the morning offering, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would multiply the gifts, Lord, that you would give wisdom to the elders as they see fit to distribute it as needed, Lord, that lives will continue to be impacted by our gift, Lord, that our gifts now, Lord, would not just simply be something that we would grudgingly do, but that, Lord, that we would give out of the freedom of our hearts as an act of worship, because, Lord, you own all, of, all things. And Lord, we give back to you just a simple portion as a token of our reflection of our love for you. We give back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good morning. So to start, I'm going to tell you guys about what we're doing in... Uh, Logan, Utah, um, just in Cache Valley, because um, we are the Cache Valley Project. That is what we have been uh, labeled by the or mission organization we joined. So first, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to come and share with you today. Um, Haley and I feel that God has called us to plant a church in Cache Valley, and uh, more specifically, the North Logan area. Um, so we joined Tentmakers Bible Mission as a church planters, just to uh, help us in what we feel God is calling us to do. Um, the mission organization um, has six core values and is what helped us choose them as the organization that we uh, decided to partner with. So I wanted to tell you about those so that you can understand more of who they are and uh, who we're working with. Um, so their number one is they value tent making. And tent making is a term used uh, just to describe people who hold a job to support them in their ministry. So we work a job while we're doing our ministry, and it helps just get us plugged into the community, and it allows us to go to the field without having to raise all the support that we need first. So we don't have to wait and raise all that support before we go. We can just go as soon as we feel that uh, call. Um, so... The next one is they value faith in finances and support raising. Um, tent Makers offers guidance, not requirements, when it comes to support. 100% um, of the support sent to Tent Makers for the Cash Valley Project goes directly to their missionaries. They don't take a cut because they themselves, as a, an organization, are also support raised. So people will give to them to support the office staff and anything else they need. So anything you give to any missionaries working with them, the missionary will get the whole um, donation that you give. Um, so um, the third one is they value God's calling on your life. Um, they do not pick where you serve. Um, they simply just assist you in fulfilling 
the ministry that God has called you to. They won't tell you where you need to go or um, what you need to do. Um, They also value national missionaries as equal partners. Um, 25% of tent makers are missionaries, um, are foreign nationals. And then they value church planting. To follow the command to make disciples, they believe the local church is God's design for a disciple-making community. And their last core value is the role of the local church. Um, TBM makes sure that their missionaries stay connected to their sending church and to the organization. And this just uh, keeping us connected with them and with the local church um, just allows for better accountability in the field so that people know that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And if any uh, church discipline needs to have place, they have somebody there who can handle that for us. Um, so our sending church is a church in uh, Tremont called Grace Bible Church. Um, we're attending there while we are working to establish our church. Um, our plan for a church is to plant a church in North Logan. Um, and we need to deputize for support so that we can eventually reduce work hours. And the goal is to eventually have enough support that we can do full-time ministry. Um, But until then, we will be working a job. Um, uh, So there will also be canvassing going on, which is going door-to-door, just to let people know that we're in the community and what we plan to be doing. Um, Once a Bible study has started with uh, consistent attendance from at least three core groups, so like even individuals or three families. Um, So with that, and in God's timing, we will start Sunday services. Then from there, we will keep following God's leading and doing whatever, wherever he leads. Um, So we will also have opportunities to go to Frontier School of the Bible, where Haley and I both attended, to recruit other people to the field, or to start their own plant, or to join alongside us and help us in our efforts. Um, One question I'm asked a lot is, why Utah? And I get comments like, Utah has enough churches, or Utah already knows God. But when I moved there, Haley and I were looking for a church to attend, and went to five churches we found in the valley that were told uh, to be Bible-believing, Bible-preaching churches. Um, One of them had two pastors of different denominations teaching, and then the other one just wasn't very welcoming or friendly. It just wasn't a, it didn't feel good going there. So we saw that they definitely need uh, Bible churches in that area. And for the question about people saying Utah already knows God, is there's a very big difference in knowing of God and personally knowing who God is. Um, So at Frontier, they offered us a class on Mormonism. And I didn't take the class. I figured I won't be ever anywhere where there's a large population of Mormons. <laughs> but it turns out Cache Valley actually has the her- third highest concentration of Latter-day Saints in the United States. So I should have taken that class. <laughs> um, but Hay and I really have a heart for these people and for this place. A lot are hurting and a lot are lost. Um, I've noticed with talking to people that quite a few have ended up leaving the LDS church and looking for a place where they can still have Jesus, and we want to be that place for them. 
Um, with your support, you can help us make that happen. And financial support is one thing we need, but more importantly, we need prayer support. Um, we believe that with prayer, God will do the rest. Um, we have prayer cards that are placed in the back along with a sign-up sheet for a newsletter if you guys would like to receive one. Um, I hope this has helped you see a little more of what we're doing and kind of understand the way it might go. Um, we are still very new to this, and uh, we're just trusting God and taking the steps to be ready for when he directs his people to his church. So that is what we are doing in Cash Valley. And I'm also doing your guys' message today. So uh, let's take a time of prayer before we get into the study. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for uh, the opportunity to be here to share what uh, you have laid on our hearts. I pray that you will just uh, use me to communicate your message well, that our hearts and minds will be open to hear, to learn, and to grow from you, Lord. So I just uh, pray your blessing on this time. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. So as I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you today, I figured I'm here talking about what I feel God has called us to do in Cash Valley. And I know some of you might think, um, good job for you, go teach in Utah. Or might think, um, what does you in Utah have to do with me? And it's a fair question to ask, because when I joined Tent Makers and they told me I'd have to go around to churches and ask for support, I was thinking, why would people who don't know me care or want to help? But as I started to do this study, God made it all make sense to me. Um, Though I do not attend this church, we are all one in Christ and one in purpose. We all are brothers and sisters in the Lord. You may not know me, but you can get to know me. You may not have an interest on what's going on in Utah, but maybe I can spark that interest for you. So a pastor once brought about 10 people up on stage. Um, He assigned them roles to play on an imaginary fire truck. One person was assigned to drive, another was to control the siren, one man the hose, and another one turned the strange steering wheel in the back. After getting them all in place and having them commence their roles, um, he asked each of them, now what is your purpose again? Each one answered by repeating um, the job that that had been given to them. After they were done, he said, you are all wrong. Your purpose, every one of you, is to put out fires. So, as I studied, it became clear that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing my purpose. Following God and using my gifts to advance God's church and reach his people. He has given me a job to do and I need to step out in faith and do it. We as Christians all have roles to do and a purpose. So our scripture today is going to be in Romans 12, 3 through 8. Give you a minute to turn there. So Paul starts, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, to think of himself, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, 
but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members not, do not all have the same function. So though many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, um, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to you, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. When you ask people what Romans 12 is about, a lot of them will just say it's about being a living sacrifice because they all know the first part, and that is there, because we do need to be uh, living sacrifices, but we are also called to serve and work in unison together as the body of Christ. Um, a lot of people will think of a church as it is there to serve them. If it doesn't have um, all the music that they like or the programs they like or not the specific teaching they like, they just simply won't go. Um, but uh, we need to change our thinking and correct the way we think about church. Paul starts by saying, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And this can be hard for a lot of us um, when we think about who we are or what we're good at. We like to sometimes think we're better than um, certain things or certain people. Um, but there's an old saying, um, and I'm going to use it this way. People have used it multiple different ways. But I say, not ask what the church can do for you, but what you can do for the church. And as I go through this today, when I'm talking about the church, I'm meaning the body of believers. Um, all of us as one in Christ, not just one specific building. So I went to stay with my brother, who at the time was a pastor in Las Vegas. And I told him I was sure that I was going to be a pastor, that God had gifted me in so many ways that I wanted to use these gifts at his church and ask if I could help. And he said, of course, you can clean the bathrooms. So, in my mind, I was thinking that, you know, I was going to be able to maybe talk a little bit or at least do the announcements, um, something I saw more pastorally. But uh, he used it as a teaching moment to teach me that pastors don't just teach, but they serve. And we have to think of ourselves realistically, not think that we are too good for certain jobs. Um, God has given us all a measure of faith to follow and to serve him, and we need to be sober-minded when thinking of ourselves. All the talents that we have and all the gifts we have are from God. So we cannot think we are so good at something, but instead examine ourselves with a sense of humility, and then we can see where our strengths and talents can be used to serve God. Paul moves on and says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have the same function. So... We, though many, are one body in Christ and individual members one of another. We as believers are all one body and we all have a function to fulfill. Have you ever tried to run without moving your arms? It's very hard to do. You should try it today when you get home if you've never done it before. But be careful, you might fall. 
Because your arms actually help you run. When you get the right technique down with your arms, they can actually increase your speed and how fast you're running. So just like running, if we know our functions, we can increase our effectiveness. If we know how God has gifted us, we can increase how we use those gifts. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27, has a lot to say about how the body functions and how God has made the body to function. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body in Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into the body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. Um, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And, one of the, and on those parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, in which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be no division in the body, but that the members have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. See, we are all needed. Not a single person is more valuable than the other. God has given us everything we need to function as a church and to function as the body of Christ. So then Paul moves on to list a couple of gifts in this uh, passage. He says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, Let us use them. Um, If prophecy in proportion to our faith. And this gift here doesn't mean prophecy as in foretelling as we would most of the time think that it means. Um, When a pastor steps up to give a sermon, it is called prophesying. Um, But it says to prophesy in proportion to our faith, which is to communicate God's message being led by the Holy Spirit in agreement to the faith or in right relationship of truth already revealed. Um, So when I prepare a sermon, a lot of prayer and study goes into this. I need God to show me how to communicate his message to you. But it also means that I want you to test what I say against the Bible. Don't believe me just because I'm up here speaking, um, but instead believe it because it can be tested on the Bible. If I say something that doesn't sound right, you can challenge me on it, and we can go to Scripture and see where it's at. Um, so when people give up, I've seen pastors get up, give sermons where they never touch their Bible. They don't open it. They don't reference it. They just start talking. 
And a lot of times you can see the stuff is not biblically backed. They're using emotions or feelings. So you need to be able to test what people say by the scripture. Um, so he moves on, and the second is in serving. There are many types of service, and service needs to be um, people-focused. I've met people that it doesn't matter what you ask them, they're always ready to serve. <clears throat> um, as soon as they're done with whatever you ask, they're ready to do something else again. It's just really what they like to do. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, so it's in service in our serving. Like for my wife, for instance, loves to host people. She will cook for you, she'll make you treats, she'll get you a drink, and even offer you a place to stay in our house if we have the room. She'll even work all day, rush home, clean the house, and get ready to host people. It's just really what she feels she's strong at and likes to do. So, if your gift is serving, wear it out. Um, don't focus on tasks to do, but on people that you can help. There's always going to be checklists to do, and there's always going to be people to help. So, um, we as a body of Christ show Christ to people when we serve. Just as uh, Christ washed the feet of his disciples, let us have a sober mind of ourselves as we serve. Then to the one who teaches in his teaching. And teaching takes many different forms. It can be in the pulpit, various ministries, discipleship, or just personally when you're alone. Um, one of my favorite things about preaching and preparing a study is the time that I spend with God in it. As I prepare it, God teaches me so then I can take what I learned and teach it to you. Um, we are blessed to be a blessing. Um, and teaching is a great gift. When we work together as the body of Christ, we can all learn from each other. Because as you look around here, there's many people at many different stages of life. So we all have something that we can gain from all of each other. Um, but it needs to be done with love and patience. When I was studying at Bible College, we had a class um, that was just, they just called it Greek class that we had to take um, if we were planning on being a pastor. And there's a saying that people use when they don't understand anything. They say it's all Greek to me. And this class literally was. Um, I was failing. There's no, I just didn't understand it. He'd call on me and be like, can you read the sentence on the board? And I'd say, I don't even know what those letters are. So the pastor, I mean the teacher, took time after class to spend with me to help me to understand this so that I could pass the class. He gave me his time and his attention so that I could pass. Um, so when you use teaching, you'll use these gifts. It needs to be done with love and patience. Um, Jesus took time to teach his disciples. Many times they were confused or they missed the point altogether of what he was trying to teach them. But he was patient as he taught them. So then moving on to the one who exhorts in exhortation. These are not really terms that we use today. But simply put, it means to encourage someone, to advise someone, or to comfort someone. And I would say these ones are pretty easy for me, but hard at the same time. Because people can come with me for help, and I'll tell them, you know, just buck up or power through it. Which is advice, but it's not very comforting at all. Um, so I'm glad that we work together as a body, and we all have different gifts used to help each other.
Um, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need people with this gift to use it. Life gets pretty grim sometimes, and we need people to lift us up and encourage us. All Christians go through trials. It's a guarantee. So this encouragement that we get can keep us moving forward and just keep us having the right attitude. My pastor has a saying when talking about trials and difficult times. He says, I may not know how, but I know who. Meaning we can take hope and be encouraged by knowing who is in control. We may not know how things are going to work out or what's going to happen, but we can rest assured knowing that God is the one in control of it all. So there was a little girl who wanted to do the offering one Sunday. So her dad gave her a $5 bill to put in the plate. When the plate got to her, she looked inside, looked around, and said, Hey, don't you have any change for a five? And her dad told her that she needed to be a cheerful giver. And she replied, I would be more cheerful if I could give to God and buy a toy. So, to the one who contributes in generosity. I said earlier that we are blessed to be a blessing, and God gives it to us so that we can give to others. A lot of times, people will see this verse and think it means to give money and say, well, I don't have enough money, so I don't need to give. But Christ taught way more than that. You can give money, clothes, food, supplies, or just simply give your time. Um, There's a lot of things that can be given. But when doing so, it needs to be done with generosity, not grudgingly. It's better to not give at all than to give with a bad heart attitude. Um, There are people who love to give. I knew this guy in Colorado, and he said he was passionate about missions. He just loved hearing about missionaries, seeing missionary work being done, or seeing new churches going up. He said it was his passion. And I asked him, well, if you're so passionate, why don't you go out and become a missionary? And he said it's not him. He said it's something he could never do. And I said, that doesn't make sense. If you're passionate about it, get involved. And he said he is. He said that God has blessed him with more money than he could spend in a lifetime. So he said he gives to missionaries, he builds churches, he sees needs and just pays for them to do what they need to do. So God will always give you a way to do what you're passionate about or to do what you feel you need. He won't give you a call with no way to work it out. Then to the one who leads with zeal. Being a leader is an important job, but you need to make sure if you're going to lead, you do it correctly. As a man, your children will watch you and what you model and they'll do after you. Um, Lead them with love, but also lead them in the way of the Lord. Don't be lazy and think it's a burden to be a leader. Leaders are watched and followed. You need to be diligent, eager, giving all you have. I am who I am today because of the leaders in my life who modeled well, who taught me about God, taught me what it means to be a man, taught me how to treat my wife. So leaders are very important But be careful because people will follow what you do. And finally, 
The last gift Paul mentions here is the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. With this gift, you need compassion and a burden. Mercy is to give someone what they do not deserve. If you can earn it or deserve it, then it's not mercy. When giving mercy, it says to do so with cheerfulness. The ones with this gift are not saddened by the mercy given out. Um, It says, do not grow weary, but minister with gladness. Um, So I've seen things on TV or like on Facebook where there's a criminal who's being sentenced. And the family that was harmed comes and asks the judge for a lighter sentence. You know, they ask that you take a lighter sentence on this person to show them mercy. And I've never seen anyone being forced to do it. They do it willingly because they don't want to ruin more lives than what needs to be. So they ask for mercy for the person during their sentencing. So just as Jesus showed mercy to all of us and did so willingly, we can do so with others. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if serving in our serving, the one who teaches in teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. God has given us all what we need to be used by him and to work in harmony as one body. We all have spiritual gifts, and some of us may have multiple. And we need to use these gifts to serve the body and not keep them to ourselves. Some people think and have told me multiple times that I'm annoying at how much I talk about God or the Bible. They ask me, don't you have anything else to talk about? And I say, I can, but you know, you haven't accepted Christ yet, so we're going to keep talking about this. <laughs> um, so, and I know people who are annoying at how much they want to do service projects. They just never get enough. They just keep wanting to do stuff and fill every single second of free time with service projects. And that is how it needs to be. We need to use these gifts. As we leave here, I would encourage each one of you, if you do not know what your spiritual gifts are, that you ask God to show them to you. And think of yourself in a correct light, um, being sober-minded. And once you find that gift, do it, and do it well. This is what God wants of us. Our purpose is to serve and glorify God. We can serve the body of Christ and we can all benefit and rejoice together. So no matter what you're doing, whether it's preaching, singing, uh, missions, Sunday school, or witnessing in the workplace, do it passionately and do it to the best of your ability and with love. We all have different jobs, but we all have the same purpose. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, just uh, giving us a place where we can gather to uh, study your word um, and just to look in what it is you have for us. I pray that you will open our minds to just uh, be used by you so that we can discover our spiritual gifts that you have blessed us with to work in the body. I thank you for giving us all gifts, different gifts, so that we can work together. I pray that you will just help us to know those, to use those, and to wear them out. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray.